Welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is Deb Eckerling, founder of the Write On Support Group, a community that supports writers across the globe and the author of the recently released Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. Deb and I talk about why communities and websites for writers are so important, tips for writing online and in print, setting goals, and how she knocked out a book in just three months. We also dive into some great crockpot recipes because we all have a little master chef in us. Let's dive on in. How did you get into writing? Do you remember the first piece you ever wrote? I've been writing since I was a kid. (laughs) And I have, I think I put this on my resume like years ago before I had any experience that I would say as soon as I learned to write, I love to write. And I'm pretty sure my first story that I ever wrote had to do with ice cream because it's like the best food ever. But it's one of those memories that I just don't know how real it is. It sounds real. (laughs) But yeah, I've always had a fondness for writing. And then in high school, when I really got into writing, I was allowed to take double writing classes instead of like extra science. So that was just absolutely thrilling. And it's just, it's always been, it, the big difference is when I was a teenager, I did a lot of creative writing. And since college it's and beyond, it's really been all about nonfiction, interviewing people, doing articles, which has what evolved into, you know, blogging, writing about writing, and I still do a little bit of freelancing. So did that answer your question? I feel it like did. I sidetracked a lot. Hey, any sidetracking that involves ice cream, first of all, I'm on board with. Uh, secondly, I do need to ask, what do you remember what flavor it would have been? Or if not, what is your go-to ice cream flavor? Well, when I was a kid, it was gold medal ribbon from Ooh. 31 Flavors. Yes, yes. And now it would have to be chocolate chip cookie dough. Excellent. Both acceptable choices. Thank you. Phew. I was worried. I found, this is not ice cream, um, but I found a, uh, it's, I don't know if you've ever tried Leah's uh, cookie dough, um, but they have a, like a chocolate chip cookie dough that you are supposed to keep refrigerated. So it's almost like having like a little bite of chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. but it's very good and would recommend. And where might I find this alleged Leo's cookie dough? I'm actually writing this down. Excellent. Excellent. I uh, have purchased it at uh, Whole Foods, but I, I, I know I just saw it somewhere else. I want to say at an HEB out here in Austin. So um, you being in California, I would say Ralph's probably has it. I will check it out. And I do have a Whole Foods that's not too far away from me. So. Excellent. Well, you can for sure find it there. Yes, yes. That's what we're here for is the snacks. Well, and so the first book I self-published was Purple Pencil Adventures, Writing Prompts for Kids of All Ages. Because, oh, if you like tangents, you'll love this one. (laughs) So I've been leading writers groups for years. And several years ago, someone said, you're great with goal setting and helping motivate people. Will you coach my daughter? because she's not getting enough creative writing at school. So this was like five, six, seven years ago when 
it was like, okay, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to start a blog to go with it. So I started a blog called Purple Pencil Adventures because I have the purple pencil as my logo to write on online. And I was just putting up a different writing prompt every week. But the example I use is these are fun writing prompts that are designed to get kids excited about writing and adults can use them too if they want to, you know, exercise those muscles. And it's for ice cream month in July, write about ice cream, but be sure to do a taste test. Ooh, that's a delicious tangent. Mm -hmm. So what I did was after I'd been coaching for several years and helping people write books, I said, you know what? I really need one. So I took my blog post and expanded and that became my first self-published foray, as it were. That's fantastic. And now I'm just going to be craving ice cream throughout this whole thing. So we'll try and we'll try and limit uh, any drooling or any kind of, uh, you know, ice cream tangents there. Um, and through so through a little uh, online creeping, um, I I know you've always been uh, very into goal setting and, and helping people uh, accomplish their goals and, and setting them and, um, you know, having that sort of process to reach whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And I, via my, my little online creeping, I saw that you were in Schaumburg, Illinois, uh, when you kind of first uh, got the idea for, for Ride On, it sounds like, um, which as someone who grew up in Skokie, Illinois, I always love seeing fellow uh, suburb of Chicago stories out there. <laughs> the world is very small. Absolutely. And my first free freelance writing was for Insider Magazine, which was based in Skokie. Oh, it, it truly is a small world. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, so take us back to that fateful day I, back in Schaumburg when you, you got this inspiration. Well, it's really... It's sort of like inspiration found me. I was doing events for Barnes & Noble in Schaumburg. And whenever I needed to fill my calendar, I would just hang out in the cafe because you never know who you would meet, who would have an interesting story, could lead a workshop, a class. So of course, I got to know my regulars. And one day, one of my regulars came over to me and said, hey, Deb, would you start a writer support group? And I said, if you think people will come, I'm happy to give it a try. And for me, support group meant goal setting and productivity. So we tried it out. We had maybe a dozen people for the first meeting. And it was all about, okay, what are you working on? What did you accomplish? What do you want to get done for the next meeting? And it was a hit. And the best part about it really was, I was helping people, you know, stay on track, but I would never ask anybody to do something that I wasn't prepared to do myself. So even if I didn't reach my goal till like 10 minutes before the meeting, I would get it done. So I would always want to set a goal and achieve it along with the rest of my, my comrades in the group. And this ties back to Skokie. My goal, you'll love this. My goal was, I, so I've been out of journalism school for 
not that long, but long enough to, you know, want to be writing. So I would write a spec column, you know, slice of life sorts of article for each meeting. That was my goal. And I had been working and this really motivated me to keep writing, to have something done. I don't know if we were doing it monthly or every other week at that point, but I, I had, you know, a little, what's the word? I started writing and storing up stories. So when I had, must've been leading the group, maybe six months, maybe a little bit longer. And I was at an event and this person from Insider Magazine was selling subscriptions. And I said, that's all well and good, but are you looking for writers? Well, do you have any clips? Well, I had articles because I had been writing them for my goal setting group through Barnes and Noble. And they actually, not only did they hire me on as a freelancer, they published one of my stories that I had written on spec. So it was not only was I motivating other people to set and reach goals, I was motivating myself. And that's really where you see things work is when it works for you, right? Yeah, I think that's super helpful with really any kind of uh, goal you have, whether it's to to write more or to help other people like that is kind of the the old walk in the walk, right? Where if you if you're just spewing out stuff, people I mean, they might listen, but they're probably going to be a little more skeptical. Um, but if you can point to things of like, "Hey, I did this and look at the results." Like that's super cool. It it really is. And this is a philosophy that that I've just been ingrained in me. And it's so it was a strictly writer support group we can we can do my journey in like the shortest way possible so several years later i moved to california a couple years after that i started up the group again it was a barnes and noble in santa monica which unfortunately no longer exists but we ran there for several years and then around 2007 2008 when people started going online that's when i created the blog for write on online and did more of the online motivation and for a while, it was an online group, still always focused on goal setting and productivity. And then I think it was around 2012, I started the live version again. But at that point, I expanded it to embrace. So it was writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Because if you're one, you're probably the other two as well. Everybody needs writing, especially in this digital era, whether they're promoting their business or showcasing their expertise. I love it. Look at us both, both speaking to writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs. It's like minds from the Midwest <laughs> living other places. Oh, Can't beat that. Magical, magical. Yeah. Living, uh, living in warmer places for sure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So I would love to chat about, the write on newsletter in particular, um, because I think email marketing is such a, obviously like a, a popular avenue, but still kind of an untapped one, I feel like for a lot of companies. Um, I, I think most people would generally agree that email uh, is a useful tool. Uh, perhaps they'd even say an important tool, but I would venture that particularly a lot of writers uh, maybe don't utilize their mailing list as much as they should. Um, and 
part of that is just kind of getting out there and testing what works and uh, you know experimenting a little bit with your content that you're you're serving out to people but can you talk about how you've helped grow this list over the years organically is the first word that i have to mention because i have always just even my my facebook i've never used any advertising for any of my websites which a lot of people would think is ridiculous but i kind of like the authenticity of it all and I remember my original email list was back when you would like use your email service, you would write something and you would copy and paste and blind copy people into the email list. And my list started with just regular people would come to my group, you know, do you want to stay up to date? Put me on the email list. Okay, great. What one of my my favorite instances so this we're talking in the early ish 2000s one of my friends now she lives in oslo and she was in santa monica and i saw her before a meeting she joined the email list and i sent it out and then she started replying and that's how we became friends this woman i met once who lives in a different part of the world we became friends because she started replying. And this is before everybody was on social media either. So I'm not answering your question. Let me answer your question. <laughs> so I started by developing my email list by having a conduit for the people who ever attended one of my live meetings to connect online. And as we grew into social, I joined MailChimp. I still use it. It's so easy. <laughs> if you're looking for a starter email service, I would definitely recommend it because it's it's point and click and move things around and copy and paste. It's, I'm sure, and you can get a little bit fancy, but you don't have to be fancy, right? So then I have embed links and in the way that I run my newsletter is it's community newsletter. So yes, I promote my book and my events and I let people know what's going on with me, but I also open it up. So when other people have cool things going on, they can send me their information. And sometimes I'll get these signups that I have absolutely no idea where they came from. And other times it's after every event, I've got my list, still use the paper and pen. So it's the best way I think to develop and grow your email list is to employ both tactics. You want to be able to meet people and give them the opportunity to sign up, but you also want to have the electronic resource so people who are connected with you online can also have access to your information. Excellent. I love that you you mentioned the community aspect of it too, which I think is really a big key for any email marketing campaign, uh, any newsletter to be successful is to have that sense of community because you kind of want to think of it like you're just interacting with one person one-on-one -on -one or a, a small group. Uh, and you wouldn't come up, at least I would hope not, if I was just walking down on the street, you wouldn't come up to me and just start shouting about all the things you have to sell. Uh, you'd, you'd share these resources, you'd be more uh, conversational and and building a relationship like that. Um, and and at least for me, receiving emails, that those are the ones that resonate the most with me that are actually like, 
oh yeah, I can see myself in in this person's shoes or like here's a great resource that I didn't know about and now I've learned more about whatever the email is about. Every now and then I get one of these things that say, hey, do you want to be part of the summit? Well, you have to send a dedicated email out to your people. And I say, that's lovely. Thank you. However, <laughs> I'm happy to include it in an email, but I haven't thus far. I didn't even do a solo email for me when my book came out. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to break that trend for someone who isn't me, right? <laughs> I think that's fair. But their their work see, and and that's the other the other 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 thing. When you're I have people who I get and I'm on a lot of email lists and I should probably be on fewer, but I I never know if there's something good, you know, FOMO. <laughs> I don't want to miss something really cool. But the emails that I get and all it is, is this is all about me and this is what I did and buy this thing and buy this, that. And it's like, really? No, you've made absolutely no attempt to connect with me on a personal level. And your email is all about you. It's anything you're doing shouldn't be about you. It should be how you are helping others. And I think that that's, that's really, that's the secret to social, forget newsletters. Social media, the first word is social. And social is not sell. It could include selling, but it's not about how the person who's sending the information will benefit, is how the receiver can utilize resources. Yes, I love that. Look at that, breaking down words to have helpful advice. I try. <laughs> and I think that that segues pretty nicely into your book, which came out earlier this year. So congratulations on on your most recent foray into book writing, uh, your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. What's what's the writing process like from moving from like a newsletter or a blog to a full fledged book? Well, first of all, thank you, and. I love my book so much. I just have to add that in. And for we were talking about before about how when you do things for you and you do the things you teach others, it works out better, right? So your goal guide has my goal setting process called the Deb method, which is determine your mission, explore your options, brainstorm your path. And so I basically created the Deb method using the Deb method. And that's also kind of how I wrote my book. I originally was going to self-publish and I wrote out a nice workbook type book. It, and it would have been my third self-published book. It was, I'm telling this story completely backwards. I apologize, but. No, I like fine, it. It's, right? it's a very, uh, it's very memento-esque. I like it. <laughs> You're welcome. So about two years ago, my primary client was going away and I had to look at what I was doing and I decided it was an omen to fully embrace my goal setting gene and rebrand myself. So rebranded as the debt method using the debt method. And part of that was writing a book 
which had my system for figuring out what you want and how to get it, the Deb method. So it was all set to do this. And I met an agent, actually it was an agent I had heard speak like eight years before at a different workshop, but someone in my live group met him at an event, told him about my group. We had a phone call. We realized we knew each other. Before I knew it, he said, so where's your book proposal? And I told him I was planning to self-publish. And he said, why don't you write a book proposal and see if I can sell it? And so I did. The process was really quick. We spoke in May, mid-May. He had a book proposal. He had one tweak. And he sent it out twice, once in the summer, once in the fall. And in the fall, Mango Publishing, my publisher expressed interest. And we went back and forth, a couple versions of my book proposal later. They said, okay, green light. And that was last April, I had the contract. And in January, the book came out. So if you know publishing, that's pretty fast. That's pretty awesome. And what the process, I will answer your question, I promise, <laughs> between the books that I had written previously and this one is I had the outline from the book proposal. And I suggest this to my clients and my community all the time that even if you are planning to self publish, the book proposal is really your BFF because it gives you the guideline for the purpose of your book, the intent of your book. It encourages you to figure out your marketing plan and the different elements that are going to make up each chapter. And it was, I, I wrote my book in three months after we had the final book proposal. So it, it really gave me a great guideline. And it was so much fun because it was basically just pouring out all the stuff that was in my head onto the page, which is fun, which is a lot of what I talk about in your goal guide. It's, it's very, it's, mostly brainstorming and writing based exercises to help you figure out what you want and how to get it. Because I believe everybody should live their goaltopia. Everybody should think about what they want and then make a plan to achieve it. And the book helps you figure that out. That's awesome. And I would certainly second the idea of, uh, even if you are planning to self-publish to uh, think about your proposal um, and to and to craft out a proposal because as someone who's in the process of doing that right now, it has been very helpful to be like, okay, what else is out there that is similar to this? Like what's my kind of target market and kind of thinking of the ideal reader um, that I would have. And it, it really does help with the, the overall marketing. Um, and I think that can be applied to a lot of different things too, um, not necessarily just writing a book. And so kind of mapping out what that proposal looks like for me. And it sounds like for you was super helpful. It, it really was. And it also helps you get excited about your project. And I will add this too. If you don't love what you're working on, you shouldn't be working on it. You know, you need to be in a position where your excitement and enthusiasm is going to come through your fingers to the words because that's what's going to get people excited. Your excitement, that's gonna drip onto the page and really engage your reader, or if it's a podcast, a listener, or if it's a screenplay, the viewer. Yeah, I think that you can always tell uh, in 
writing and and obviously with podcasting. Fortunately, I have not spoken to anyone on this podcast that really hated what they do. <laughs> maybe maybe they hated a previous thing they were doing, but yeah, you can you can always tell. Like I've done interviews before with people where they're just like, yeah, you know, this is kind of what how my life is, and I'm like, where like be excited about this. Like this is a cool thing you're doing. So. I love love hearing the passion. Thank you. You've touched on this a, a bunch, um, but have there been any uh, sort of marketing avenues that have surprised you that have worked well or uh, any kind of like, you know, crazy things you've seen out of having your book live for a few months now? All I can tell you is, especially coming from someone who's used to writing about other people, being put in the position of answering the questions (laughs) is, it's mind blowing. It's awesome. It's amazing. But I would, I would say that that's the one thing that's, it's, I like to talk. Anybody who knows me knows this. Anybody who speaks to me for five minutes knows this. Talking about yourself as opposed to promoting other people, which is normally my lane are completely different efforts. But I would say, and I don't know, surprising. I think it's just cool. I think, and going back to my youth, which is when I started writing, it's also, I did um, competitive public speaking in high school and college. And I don't care how old you are. If you're not practicing speaking, start, because that's a skill that, I've used more than ever in my life. And this is someone who's led workshops for years as well. But when you st- when it comes to talking about yourself, it's a completely different beast. So it's something you have a very quick learning curve on your comfort level. I like that and totally agree with speaking. I, I never did competitive public speaking, but I did take one class in college and I totally agree. Like if I was not at all prepared uh, for a speech, it showed. And so I certainly don't have to memorize things line for line, but it it helps to practice for sure. And we live in an age where there are plenty of opportunities to practice. You can do videos, you can host a podcast, you can guest on other people's videos and podcasts. And it's fun. Just have fun. That's the key. Love what you're doing. Have fun talking about it and get people excited. Exactly. And you can even practice at home, even if there's, you know, just do it in the mirror while you're uh, getting ready for bed or like there's, there's so many opportunities for, I'm thinking back now, now I'm just being nostalgic since you've been going back to your youth and writing about ice cream. Um, but when I would, and maybe this was planting the seeds of getting into podcasting, uh, but when I was a kid, I would mute uh, like basketball and baseball games and just be the announcer. Uh, and like you certainly on baseball, you can get off into some terrific tangents just because you, you there's so much downtime in between pitches. And even as like a weird, you know, nine or 10 year old, I'd. I'd be like, all right, well, that was ball one, so it counts one and zero. Oh. And uh, you know, a fan in the stands out there is is really enjoying their Cracker Jack box, and just like, I mean, what? Who does that? Kids don't do that. That's not a normal thing. But uh, it was just a, a fun way to practice uh, something that I was interested in, which was uh, 
radio and TV, uh, which eventually is what I went to college for. And I like to think podcasting being the spiritual successor uh, to radio, even though they can they can coexist together. But um, just it's it was a, a great opportunity. And if someone had walked by and saw me doing that, they'd be like, well, that's kind of strange. But it was good practice. And I think it's certainly helped throughout my life. I think that's fantastic. And one of the main reasons that, that I love my book so much that I'm so proud of my book, the purpose of my book is very simple. We go through life and change happens, whether it's by choice or by circumstance. You get to a point where you have to do something different. You need to figure out what life you want and set goals to achieve it. And my book is basically a simple roadmap to help people get in touch with the things they love, the things they want, set goals and figure out how to achieve them and go from a life of eh to a life of joy and beyond. I like that. A life of eh to a life of joy. That's a good, that's a good upgrade. Well, shouldn't everybody be happy in at least part of their life, even if not all of it? I think so. I don't think that's too much to ask. No. So let's say you have a terrible commute and you hate your job, but you want joy. Think about what that looks like and how you can find a way to put it into your life. And then you make a plan to get it. Or you want to make a big life change. Okay, this is what I want. How do I get it? These are the steps. I love it. And we're going we're gonna to get to some actionable advice in just a moment. But I always like asking my guests what uh, is a question that they wish people asked them more frequently. And I liked yours because I feel like you've got a good answer for this. Uh, is What is something few people know about you? First of all, I love the question about asking me to ask a question. <laughs> I want to know what question you think or what, what you think I'm going to answer. Oh, I have no idea, but I feel like if that was uh, the question, you must have some some wonderful uh, sort of alter ego or uh, secret hobby or something like that. I really, I think you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> the The thing that very few people know about me is that up until three years ago, I didn't really like to cook. And... About three years ago, I got an Instant Pot, and it changed my life. It was like the easiest way to turn ingredients into food, but there's like an extra bonus to it is it's really the best time management tool <laughs> because are you familiar? With Instant Pots, yes, yes, yes. Yes, okay. So if you're not, it's like a fancy perhaps your cooker that can make a whole bunch of different things. And what I love about it is you can, you know, set up your soup, set up your mac and cheese, set up your whatever. And while your food is cooking, you can go be productive doing something else for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. So not only do you have a delicious meal, you've worked towards your goals. And it's win, 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 win. That is fantastic. I, I am not disappointed by it. Um, but I will ask what your favorite thing to cook is. I think I just said it. I love like 
soup. Okay, perfect, perfect. Anything from the soup. The easiest, of course, is the Costco chicken and chicken broth and vegetables. And you just throw everything in, water, of course, soup. <laughs> and then you turn it on, it comes to pressure, cooks for like 12 minutes. And so you've got like 20 minutes where you can do just about anything. And it's like found time, right? Because you would have been cooking, but the food is doing it for you. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant invention. And I agree. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. And I, I think it really, ha I mean, for both you and I, it has, I, I, I would say broadened our cooking horizons. Um, Cause I know there's definitely like, I've made more things than I probably would have thanks to instant pot. So shout well, out. It, it always just cracks me up if I'm in one of the Instant Pot groups and someone asks a cooking question and I know the answer and I jump in because that was never me. I didn't have these answers. I mean, I could, I could make things. I didn't starve. But getting excited about trying different things is really, it's, it's a creative outlet. You know, some people paint. Some people draw. I don't do either of those, but I can mix things together and then I get to eat. Yay. I mean, that's a good skill. Anything, anything involving eating, I am all for. Mm. Well, in, when I was, the summer before college, I worked short order at a country club and I, the members, <laughs> they didn't like to chew. This is how I was trained. <laughs> so I actually learned how to make really good chopped salads. Always been good at vegetables. And now I get to use that chopping skill for soup. So, so it's a, anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> an acquired skill that has really served you well throughout life. It sounds like. Well, it did. But if I tell you, if you had asked me like four years ago to have a conversation about, about soup, I would have been like, well, okay. I would go online and I would look up a recipe and, I would, you know, very systematic. And who has time for that? It's just much easier. I feel like I'm giving this topic a little bit too much time. <laughs> but the other thing is like mac and cheese. Easy. Mm. Do you make mac and cheese in your Instant Pot? I've dabbled, but I probably don't do it as much as I should because I love mac and cheese. It's, ooh, oh. So good. Well, it is, but the way that you make it in the Instant Pot is even better because it's, and I just made this yesterday, so <laughs> top of mind, but two cups broth, one cup water, two and a half cups noodle, little bit of butter, turn on the Instant Pot for six minutes. And then what I do is I've got pasta, some becomes mac and cheese, some goes into other foods. So easy fun, delicious, and it's mac and cheese. It's magical. Mac, it magical, is. I guess. It's magical. Yeah. And don't even get me started on how easy it is to peel hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> uh, well, that's, I mean, Easter's, well, I won't say that because I don't know <laughs> when this will air, but Easter is somewhere in this year. <laughs> Hard-boiled eggs are always fun and easy. And if you've ever like suffered trying to peel them and you can make them in the Instant Pot and they peel magically easy, again, 
giving this topic way too much. What else do we want to talk about? <laughs> well, we can we can help people uh, accomplish their goals and be more productive, which, again, all about the segues, segues very nicely into the top three, mm-hmm. which I'd like to hear, what are the top three things that people can do I would say right now, but let's say after this episode, after they finish listening to this episode, what are three things they can do to help them reach their goals and rethink them? Well, the first thing they should do to rethink their goals is to meditate. And meditate is different for everybody. Meditate might be playing a video game, it might be taking a walk, or it might just be thinking. And really Think, close your eyes and think about the life you want. That's really the first step because if you don't know what you want, you can't achieve it. That's the first thing they can do. The second thing is something I call directed journaling, which is basically journaling with focus. And this is how it works. You want to schedule at least three 15-minute sessions with yourself, during which time you're just answering a simple question. What do I want? What does that look like? And you're just brain dumping. And what you want to do, you want to do this at least three times. And the trick is don't look at them until after you've done this exercise for multiple times. Because you brainstorm three, four, five times. When you look through your journal entries, you will see common patterns. What you really want and the things that excite you are going to jump off the page at you. And those are the things that you're you want to um, you want to explore more. So visualize, do some directed journaling. Gosh, that's two. Okay, the third thing is come up with a mission statement. Think about what you want, why you want it, but also how it can help others. Because any mission with an external goal is going to serve you better than something that serves yourself. And so you take what your life looks like, your journaling to figure out, you know, a little bit more concrete vision of it, and then a mission. And that mission, which you would then shorten to a motto, so that's three and a half things, is what you want to look at and think about as you're working towards your goals. It's your compass, your eye on the prize. And that's going to help you be much more successful. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Well, Deb, you are officially off the hook. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a quite unexpected, different than normal kind of conversation and completely enjoyable. So thank you for your interest and your time. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Outside the norm, but still a good time. And if people want to find you, uh, either you or the Deb Method or anything in between where can they find you okay well they can go to thedevmethod.com to find out all about me my coaching my services etc i am the deb method pretty much everywhere and you can find your goal guide a roadmap for setting planning and achieving your goals at your favorite bookstore online or you can go to yourgoalguidebook.com we'll take you right to the amazon link Fantastic. Everyone go check that out and let me know what goals you're achieving because I always, I always like hearing people kicking butt out there. And what is your goal? 
Uh, well, I had mentioned earlier on uh, that I'm in the midst of a book proposal. Uh, so my goal right now is to finish that uh, and then to continue writing that book and getting it out into the world. Well, good for you. I have faith you can do it. Keep me posted. Thank you. And yes, will do. Will do. In the meantime, my goal right now is to tell you a terrible joke to end up this episode. So let's do it. You want to hear a joke about paper? Oh, so much. Yes, please. Never mind. It's terrible. Get after it today, people. Groan. <laughs> That's what we're going for is the groans. <laughs>